We're, we're actually, we're in the middle of a short series called Christmas Surprises. And, and uh, uh, you know, we, we're in the middle of a really crazy time of year, aren't we? And uh, people, people at this time of year just sort of lose their minds trying to find bargains, searching for the perfect gift, you know, Black Friday. Uh, if you are a person who participates in Black Friday, I love you with all my heart, but you have lost your ever-loving mind, you know, because, you know, you, yeah, you had to wrestle through humanity. You got a good deal on a TV, but you've lost your mind. You know, that's all there is to it. Um, but, but, but our culture, by and large, has really lost sight of the meaning of Christmas. And, uh, and nothing can replace Jesus. You know, we, 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 we put in all kinds of things. Our culture puts all kinds of things at the middle of it. We say Christmas is about family. Well, it's just, no, it's not. Christmas is about being together with people you love. Well, that's a, that's a wonderful thing, but that's not what Christmas is about. There's nothing that we can put in the center of the Christmas story uh, that's going to last the way Jesus will. So, uh, and, and the truth is, not only our culture has lost sight of the meaning of Christmas, but by and large, if we're not careful... Even we in the, in the American church will lose it too because it's easy. It is really easy to make Christmas all about gifts and decorations and trimming the tree and lights and all the other trappings of the holiday season. But this morning I want to take a look at the very first Christmas and, and see if we can't help everybody get a little bit of a true understanding of Christmas and remind us of what it's about. So look with me at Luke chapter 2. Uh, we're going to be... Picking it up in, in verse number 8, Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, And in the same area there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were very afraid. But the angel said to them, Listen, do not fear, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, whose Christ who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a company of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came hurrying and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they made widely known the word, the word which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at what the shepherds told them. So why don't you bow your head and let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for loving us uh, so much that you would send your son into this bleak, dark, broken world to save us. And even though, Lord God, we weren't even looking to be rescued. Even though we were enemies of all that is good and right and holy, even though we were rebellious, Lord, you still loved us so much that you, you, you just weren't willing to let us go. And so, Lord, I thank you that you came, you came to save us. And now, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today in, uh, in this place and wherever we are as we watch this, as we listen to this, speak to us today. And, and Lord, I, I just pray that you would break down every barrier and that you would help us to hear what you're saying to us today. And, and Lord, that we won't be caught in the trap of saying, I wish so-and-so could have heard this. But today, God, that we'll hear what you're saying to us. So speak to us deep in our innermost being. And we thank you for it. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, Silent Night is 
one of the most beloved Christmas songs of all time. It's a beautiful, beautiful melody. And I'm not going to get into the story of how it was written, all that sort of thing. Most of you have already heard that. But the second verse of that old Christmas hymn talks about this passage of Scripture because there's a line in that verse that says, Shepherds quake at the sight. Some of you are hearing the melody even as I say those words, aren't you? And, 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 and we, see, we read that or we sing that, Shepherds quake at the sight. And I think the question we, we need to ask is, why did the shepherds quake? Why were the shepherds terrified? Why are the shepherds scared? And let, let me give you one simple and amazing reason the shepherds were afraid. The shepherds were quaking with fear because they had just witnessed heaven meeting earth. That's the second surprise of Christmas. It's that heaven came to earth. What a shocking surprise. And in this passage, in this story, the message of Christmas is clear. And it is this, heaven came to earth. In this passage, we see a, a multitude of angels representing heaven and we see the shepherds representing earth. And, and how many of you understand that there's nothing more earthy than shepherds? There's nothing more earthy. Uh, shepherds live on the earth. They sleep on the earth. They roll on the earth. They tend sheep that have done all kinds of things to the earth. Um, you know, they, they have this uh, in this moment, you have shepherds who meet angels. And as the angels encounter the shepherds, heaven is meeting earth. And the message of Christmas is that heaven reached down to meet earth, that God sent his son from heaven to make a way for, for earth to get to him. Heaven came to earth. And I want you to think about this idea this morning of heaven meeting earth. And I want you to, I want to give you three thoughts in particular about it. First of all, when I read this passage, I notice that, that heaven came to earth in an unexpected place. Heaven came to earth in an unexpected place. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were going to set this whole thing up, if I were going to make this big announcement, the first place that I'd be thinking about making that announcement would be in the temple. I mean, that's where all the religious people are. That's where the bigwigs are. Uh, or at least I would do it in some large synagogue. Maybe the announcement would take place in, in Jerusalem. Maybe, maybe the announcement would take place in, in the court of Herod. After all, he's, he's the king. Maybe the announcement would take place in his palace. But the, the announcement doesn't take place in a temple. The announcement doesn't take place in a synagogue. The announcement doesn't take place in the capital city of Jerusalem. The announcement doesn't take place in Herod's court or in his palace, the announcement comes uh, on a hillside outside of a small town called Bethlehem. The announcement that heaven has come to earth takes place in an unexpected location, in a very unexpected place. The, the announcement that the Lord of glory is coming to earth is made to shepherds on a hillside. Now, what does that mean for you and me? Well, it means, first of all, it means that, that you don't have to come into a church building to encounter the presence of God. Now, it's important that we do come here, you know, and it's good to see more and more people coming back in this place because we need the assembling of ourselves together. We need each other very desperately, more than we even realize we need to be in the presence of each other. But listen, God's presence does not live in here, in this building, around these altars. You don't have to come into a church to experience the presence uh, of God. Where two or three are gathered, the Lord 
Lord is there in the midst of them. That means that you can pray right where you are. It means that you can encounter God right there when you're doing the dishes, that you can have an experience, that you can feel his presence. It means you can encounter God, believe it or not, when you're doing the laundry, you can experience the presence of God. You can encounter God while you're walking down the road. You can encounter God while you're driving in your car. It may be in an unexpected place. Some of you are in in the middle, not of Christmas joy this year, but you're in the middle of Christmas depression. And the word of the Lord for you today is that in an unexpected time, in an unforeseen place, heaven can meet earth and the promise of the Father can be born in your heart during this Christmas season. Somebody say amen. An unexpected place. And I, I want you to be on the lookout for this season for when and where you can meet God. Because he doesn't just come in the glory of a song or in the, in the, the glory of a church service. But he, he can come to you in a place where you least expect it. The presence of the Lord. Heaven meeting earth. It isn't reserved for a temple somewhere. It isn't reserved for a synagogue. It isn't reserved for a church building. It isn't reserved for the halls of power. The angels appeared on a hillside outside of Bethlehem, an unexpected place. Second thing I notice is that heaven came to an unsuspecting people. The angels came to shepherds. Shepherds. Now, if you were to poll these shepherds back in their day, if you would take a poll of the shepherds and say, shepherds, Who do you think is going to receive the greatest announcement of all time? I think they would say, surely the announcement would come to the high priest. And if not to the high priest, then it must be to King Herod. Or if not to the priest, high priest or King Herod, then it, and and it's surely it's going to be made. The announcement would be made to the Pharisees or the Sadducees. This I know shepherds would be at the bottom of the list of people that would be expected to hear this news first. I mean, this is breaking news. How many of you have been alive long enough to, uh, to, to see those breaking news special reports on television? You know, back before, back before we had all the news channels and before we had all our smartphones, phone, you know, phones that are smarter than us. Our phones are so smart. Listen, you can launch a, a missile strike on Cuba with your phone anymore. I mean, you can do anything with it. You, and, and before we had the Internet, back then, anybody remember when we just had three or four stations? Anybody remember that? Yes. Some of you are like... Really? People could live like that? You know, young people just don't understand that. But, but how many of you remember when, let me ask you this, how many of you remember when there was a dial on your TV? Anybody remember having a dial? Let me see your hand. Okay, that's good, that's good. Some of you are like, really? Really? You know, how many of you remember when you were the remote control for your parents' television? You remember that? That's why I was born. My older brother was born because he had to hold the rabbit ears in place, and I was born to be the, the remote control. So that's why they had to have at least two children. But, uh, you know, back then, you know, I mean, your dad would say, turn the channel, and you'd get up and turn the channel. That's, that was his remote control. The, the thing is, on TVs now, I can't even find a knob on my TV. There's no knob there. There's some buttons on the side, but I don't know. Every time I push them, it says something in Spanish. You know, I don't know what's going on with that. But um, uh, anyway, you remember back in the day when you'd be watching your program, whatever it might be, and then something big would happen. And all of a sudden they would cut away from the program and, and you'd hear that this news guy or would come on and say, we interrupt this program for this breaking news. Remember that? Anybody remember that? 
You know, there'd be some, you know, this is a special report from ABC News or, you know, it'd be Walter Cron- Cronkite or, you know, Tom Brokaw or whoever it was, you know, it'd be something, you know, President Kennedy has just been shot or, or it'd be, you know, President Reagan has just been shot or astronauts have just landed on the moon or the space shuttle just exploded. It, they would break into your program because there was some important event that they knew you needed to know about right away. And here's what's happening in the story. The angels are coming down to earth and they're appearing to the shepherds and they're saying, we have got breaking news. We interrupt this shepherd, this this, uh, sheep feeding. I don't know what what they're interrupting, but they're interrupting something. But here's the amazing part. The people they come to, now, now hear me clearly, it's not the king, it's not the chief priest, it's not the rich, it's not the famous. It's the, 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 the people the angels come to are shepherds. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around a shepherd, but shepherds smell like sheep. And I don't know if you've ever been around sheep, but sheep stink. So you can put two and two together there. The announcement came to people who were, who were considered dirty by society. They were considered unclean. They were smelly. They were ceremonially unclean. They, they had to stay outside of the city. They, they, were, they, they were looked down by others in their society. They couldn't go into the temple. They couldn't worship the, uh, God the way other people did because of their dirtiness. In fact, a shepherd was considered such a low life in their culture that they were not even allowed to give testimony at a trial because if you were a shepherd, you were considered automatically a thief during the time of Jesus' birth. I'm here to tell you that there were that, that they were every kind of unclean, yet that's who the angels came to. Heaven came down to unsuspecting people. And here, here's, here's what I'm here to tell you this morning. You don't have to be a king. You don't have to be the high priest. Heaven can meet you in your life today. It doesn't matter who you are. You don't, you don't have to live in a, in a, in a uh, penthouse sweeps, suite somewhere. You don't have to have a lot of money in the bank. Thank God for that. Can I get an amen? You don't, you don't have to have a degree in theology. The Bible says that God wants to come to you and he wants the, to make the announcement of Christmas not to the high and the mighty, but to the low and, and the humble. He talks to the shepherds first. Now hear me this morning. Jesus Jesus came. Yes, he did preach in the temple. Yes, he did preach in synagogues. Yes, he did have relationships with high and mighty people. But I want you to remember this. Jesus also took time and talked with the prostitute. Jesus also took time and talked with those who were, who were, who were caught up in all kinds of sin, who had been rejected by society. Jesus also went and, and, and talked to the woman at the well who was living in adultery. Jesus also went to the tax collector's house and said, Zacchaeus, I want to have I want to have um, uh, lunch with you. I want to have tea. You remember the song? I'm going to your house for tea. That's what the song said. I don't know if it was really tea or not. But, but Jesus had a heart for the people who were broken and people who were hurting. And, and that all begins in this moment because the very first people he were, appeared to were shepherds. And you may think heaven can never come into my life because my life is just all a mess. Anybody ever felt like your life was a mess? It probably was. <laughs> you probably were right. You, you, gotta, you probably know better than anybody. Here's what I want to tell you. Your life is no messier than these shepherds, and heaven wants to come into your life. They, they were an unsuspecting people in an un, unexpected place. And then the third was that heaven came to, to earth with an unbelievable message. What is the message? The message is this. God has come 
to earth. This is the message. How do you know that it's a, that it's a big deal uh, when the president comes to town? You know, I remember uh, when we were living in Reno, Nevada, uh, President Bush came to town uh, during the time we were there. And, and I remember when he came, you know, Reno is, is not as big as Memphis, but, but uh, uh, you know, they just pretty much shut everything down. You know, the, 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 the airspace was, was, was shut down. Air traffic was completely shut off. The, the, uh, all of the roads were blocked off everywhere. Security was everywhere. People, people flocked to the place where he was appearing. I mean, because it's not every day that the president shows up in your hometown, right? Every police officer, every sheriff's uh, deputy, everybody that had any kind of badge was out because the president was coming, coming to town. And, and, and do you hear what the angel is saying to the shepherds? He's saying, listen, it's, it's not the president coming to town. It's not a king that's coming to town to the city. It's not a prime minister of some nation coming to visit. But he's saying it is God himself who is coming to earth. This is a mo- momentous occasion. God has looked down and he said, I love these people and they are so far from me. And he said, I'm going to go save them myself. God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. It's an unbelievable announcement. It's, you know, I mean, and, and, and it wasn't like, you know, how many of you ever, ever had that moment where your dad was in the other room, maybe he was, he was upstairs and you were downstairs and you were fighting with your siblings and had that moment where your dad said, don't make me come down there. It wasn't like that. It wasn't, he said, don't make me come down there because I'm going to punish you. He, he said, I want to come down there. He said, I want to save you. I want to come rescue you. I want to deliver you. I want to be the one who frees you from your sin and frees you from your shame. An unbelievable message to an unsuspecting people in an unexpected place. Heaven meets earth. But, but I want to look at that message that the angels brought. What was the message? Well, there are three words or phrases that I want to I want you to see that come out of this message. Look at, look at verse number 11. He says, for unto you is born, here's the words, this day. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Everybody say, this day. This day. That was pretty good. Do it again. Say, this day. This day. Today. You think back to the time when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. You remember that, that time? Pharaoh was this wicked tyrant. The people of God suffered under his iron fist and he tormented them and, the, and they had no hope. And then in the middle of all that, God raised up Moses and then God provides victory and Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt and through the Red Sea and God uses the Red Sea to destroy their enemy. But the freedom from slavery came because there was a sacrifice. There was a rescue by sacrifice. Every one of the firstborn children of Egypt died unless there had been a lamb sacrificed and his blood put on the doorpost of the home. This deliverance by sacrifice gives them the very presence of God. They have the fire by night and they've got the cloud by day. And then he leads them into the land of promise. And this is the story. This is the Passover. It's what Israel is, is, is thinking about all the time. But guess what? It's never as simple as it sounds the story doesn't end there what did the the wicked tyrant Egypt do when Moses told uh, told him that God said to let his people go he said no I don't want to let the let them go and and think about when Moses the chosen leader when when God said I want to I want to send you to to free the Israelites he said don't pick me God and then they finally gets there and does what God says and they got rescued and and what did they do they're so unlike us because they grumbled and complained and, 
And they said, let's go back. And Moses goes up on the mountain and they, and as soon as he's up there, I mean, it's not there very long and they build a golden calf and begin to worship it. How many of you know that life's never as simple as what it sounds like? Israel finally gets into the promised land and, and what happens? Well, and eventually another wicked tyrant appears and evicts them from the land. They're captive in the land of Babylon, but God raises up a chosen leader. This time it's a man named Nehemiah and Nehemiah delivers them. He rebuilds the wall. He restores the people back to the land of Israel. And then when they're finally there, then along, eventually along comes another tyrant. In this case, this time it's Rome and, and, and there they are. And Israel doesn't have another four years to wait for another election because you don't elect uh, emperors. You don't elect dictators they just come and take over so they're 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 not they don't have a hope four years down the road they are longing for a messiah they're longing for a deliverer and through all of these things they've been waiting for guess how long not for 10 years not for 20 years but they have been waiting for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Israel waited for, for, for Messiah to come. And here's what the angel says. After all of these centuries of waiting, it, the angel shows up and says, this day is your day. This day is your day. And I'm here to tell somebody that I believe with all my heart that today is your day. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that, that, that this is the day that who? The Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I believe that somebody in this place, somebody watching this online, today is your day. Today is the day that to have your sin forgiven. Today is the day that to have your past erased. Today is the day to have your future restored. Today is the day to, to receive purpose and meaning in your life. Today is the day that God wants to fulfill His promise in your life. Today is the day your family can re be restored. Today is the day that your broken broken heart can be mended. Today is the day that your body can be healed. Today is the day that heaven wants to meet earth in your life. How many believe that? Say amen. Well, he not only says this day, but I also like what he says in verse 10. He says, I bring you good news of great joy, which is to be all to all people. All. He says all. This is to all people. Guess what? This wasn't just a message for Israel. It's a message for Romans too. It was a message for the Egyptians who had held them in slavery too. It's a message not for Jews, but for Gentiles too. He says, this message is for all. How many of you are glad God didn't come just to save Israel, but God came to save us too? Aren't you glad for that? Guess what? That person at work that you can't get along, can't get along with, Christmas is for them too. Uh-oh, that's not as much fun, is it? It's one thing to say God has come to save us. But to look at someone who, who positions themselves as if they're your enemy and to say God came for them, to save them, that's different. How many of you have, had, have that, that crazy relative in your family that you're not really looking forward to seeing over the holidays? Anybody have that crazy relative? Let me, let me see your hand. I mean, if you've got somebody, just be honest. Is there somebody... In your family, it gets on your nerve. You have an Uncle Harvey. Anybody have an Uncle Harvey? Some, some, of, you, some of you are not raising your hand, you know, because everybody, every family's got at least one. And if you say, no, that's not true. Everyone in my family is normal. I just want to say, it's nice to meet you, Uncle Harvey, because <laughs> it's probably you. If you don't think there's anybody else, it's probably you. Anyway, but, uh, but here's the thing. God came for them too. 
How many of you have an in-law that you just don't always get along with? In their mind, you're more of an outlaw, right? That, that person in your school that's always giving you trouble, they're in your all. That, that neighbor who turns up their music really loud late at night and disturbs everybody, guess what? They're in the all. That, that, that hater that's always spreading false rumors about you, they're, they're in the all. How many of you understand that? Are, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Uh, it's exciting when God is coming for you, and, but it's a little bit sobering when you understand that God's coming to save everybody, that they're in the all. That person that hurt you more deeply than anybody else ever had, the person that you just don't see any way that you can get past that, they're in the all. He says, this day, he says, all. But I want you to notice the next thing. It says in verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a company of the heavenly host. Everybody say suddenly. Suddenly. That's pretty good. The word suddenly is found in the scripture a lot. You know, it says, suddenly the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2. Or suddenly it began to rain after it hadn't rained for three years. Or, and here, suddenly there's this great host of angels. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. But here's what I want you to see and understand about the word suddenly in Scripture. Is that suddenly does not happen all of a sudden. Think about it. What's been going on behind the scenes? Here in this story, God has sent an angel to speak with Zachariah in the temple months before. Elizabeth had her empty and barren womb filled. Mary has had a vision and the Holy Spirit has moved upon her. And and there's a baby growing in her womb even though she's a, a virgin. Joseph has been given a dream from God. The wise men have seen a star. All kinds of things are happening to get them to this moment. It's not something that just happened on a whim. There have been all kinds of things in place. Getting ready. Getting everything to the just the right moment and here's what I would say to you today you're waiting for a suddenly to turn your finances around you're waiting for a suddenly to turn your relationship around you're waiting for a suddenly to heal your family and I'm here to tell you this morning that suddenly is going to happen but it's not going to happen all of a sudden you can start praising God now because he's already at work on your suddenly the answer is coming. Don't wait until it happens. I, I love the old song that says, don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Even when you can't trace his hand, you can trust his heart. He is at work on your behalf. Suddenly the angels appear because as Galatians says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son to be born. In other words, he said, there's a sudden moment when God suddenly came upon the scene in the person of Jesus and he was born as a baby. But that suddenly had years and years and centuries of, of, of preparation before it happened. God's waiting for the right time to act on your behalf. But in the meantime... He is at work preparing you and he's at work preparing your miracle if you'll let him work in your heart. If you'll let him work in your life. Suddenly, all, today, this day. Wouldn't it be great if today was your suddenly day? Wouldn't it be great if today was your breakthrough day? Wouldn't it be great if today was that suddenly day when you've been praying for healing for so long and all of a sudden it happened? 
Wouldn't it be great if today was, was your suddenly day where that one thing that you've been praying for, for for years and years and years, finally you began to see some fruit come from that? Wouldn't, th- today, wouldn't it be great if today was your suddenly day where you've been praying for these chains to break off your life and suddenly today was the day that it happened? I believe it can happen. Now look at this. When it happens, when it suddenly comes, what's our response? Mary Beth, if you want to come on up. What, what do these shepherds do after the angels suddenly appear? First, they were in awe. They were in awe. Second, they went and they worshipped in the presence of Jesus. And third, they went and they spread the word about what had happened. They were in awe. They went to the manger to worship, and then after they left the manger, they went and they told everybody they could about what had happened. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you want to be like a shepherd? You know, when you were a child growing up, uh, some adult asked you, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and, and I'll bet there were all kinds of different responses. You know, some might have said astronaut or fighter pilot or nurse or doctor or president. I always, when I was a kid, I always said I wanted to be a writer. You know, all these things. But I doubt, I doubt that any of you, any time an adult ever asked you what you wanted to be, I doubt any of you said, well, I want to be a shepherd. Probably never crossed your mind. I doubt that anybody said, man, I want to be a shepherd. You know, the children of Israel didn't want to be a shepherd either. They may have wanted to be a rabbi. They may have wanted to grow up to be a priest. They may have, may have wanted to grow up to be a soldier. They may have wanted to be all kinds of things. But I can tell you this, they didn't want to be a shepherd because they were looked down on. They were the outcast. Sort of, sort of reminds me when I was a little kid, we went to a small church and every year, every year we had this little Christmas, children's Christmas program. And, and at the end of the program, everybody got, got a little sack with an orange and like a, a, a candy cane in there. Anybody, you know, get that? It's just me. I remember that. I mean, that's what happened at a little church I went to, Nolan Road Assembly of God in, in Independence, Missouri. But anyway, we, we would put on our little play. And, uh, and then, but in the play, you know, the wise men, they had really nice outfits. You know, they, they, they had the bling, you know. They had to look, you know, they had the crown. They had all the fancy stuff and Joseph, I mean, he got to stand up there and look all important next to Mary. And, but then there were the shepherds. Bless their hearts. You know what they were? They were just little boys in bathrobes. That's all they were. Now, let me ask you today, how many of you would change your mind and say, after hearing about the shepherds, Pastor, I, I want to be like the shepherd. Now, I don't mean... You're going to start raising sheep. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is first, it means that you're going to, you're going to rediscover the awe of Christmas. You're going to get past all of the mess of Christmas and all the confusion of Christmas and all of the Santa and all of the mall and all of the gifts and, and you're going to come back to the awe of Christmas that Jesus came to earth. Second, it means that you're going to go into the presence of Jesus. And you're going to worship Him. You're going to worship Him. And third, it means that once you get up from worship, and this is sometimes the part we mess up on. We leave this, leave this part off. Once you get up from worship, you're going to go spread the word. You're going to go tell somebody. 
You're, you're going to invite somebody to church. You're going to say, hey, uh, why don't you come and be, be part of our small group? Why don't you come to church with me? Why don't you do this with me? You're going to invite them and you're going to, you're going to go tell them about Jesus. And when that friend of yours is hurting you, you're going to say, let me tell you about, about how I've gotten through these th- things like this in the past. Let me tell you about Jesus and what he's done for me. You're going to be like the shepherd. You're going to be in awe of Christmas, that heaven has met earth. You're going to go into the presence of the Savior and worship Him, and then you're going to go out and spread the word about Him to everybody you can find. That's what it means to be like the shepherds. And you know what? The truth is, we're a lot like the shepherds because we're not kings. We're not priests. We're just ordinary, everyday people. But that's the people God chose on that very first Christmas day. So I ask you again this morning, how many of you want to be like the shepherds? Anybody here want to be like a shepherd? You want to discover the awe of Christmas? You want to worship at the feet of Jesus? You want to spread the word about Jesus? Why don't you stand together with me? I want to pray for you. We'll just ask God to move in our hearts and maybe today maybe today is the day you 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 just you really been praying for that suddenly you've been praying for that breakthrough i'm just gonna pray i'm gonna pray that that maybe today would be the day and if it's not to pray that god would give you the faith to, to and the strength to keep moving forward knowing that he is going to bring about that suddenly even though it won't be all of a sudden but let's i want to pray for you father you saw just, just about every hand was raised in this place that said, I want to be like a shepherd. Lord, help us to rediscover the awe of Christmas. It's, it's sort of become old hat to us, God, because we've heard that God came to earth so much that we've lost the wonder of that, that, that we've lost the, the, the sense of how amazing that is, that, that the God of creation came into creation, Lord, that, that it's just become sort of maybe old hat to us. So God, I pray you'd help us to rediscover the the awe of Christmas. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take time to worship in your presence. And that, that Lord, when we discover the awe, that it drives us to worship. And then God, when we are, after we have spent time in your presence, God, that you'll help us to take very seriously the call to go and tell everybody we can. And Lord, today I want to especially pray for people that have been praying for whatever it might be, whether it's a healing, financial breakthrough, relational issues, or some other problem. It doesn't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't need to know. But God, I just pray that you would encourage their hearts and to, that they would know that there suddenly is coming. And God, that, that they would know that though it may not come all of a sudden, And though it may be a time of waiting and preparation, that they would have faith to hold on and faith to continue to move forward. And Lord, that they would know in their hearts that there suddenly is coming. Lord, I pray that as we prepare to leave this place, that as we have come and we have worshiped you in awe of your presence, Lord, help us to take that third part seriously even as we leave today. Maybe we go to a restaurant. Maybe we go to Walmart sometime this afternoon. Wherever we go, God, I pray you'd help us to spread the news. 
to tell the good news that God came to earth, to spread the good news that, that He can bring healing, that He can restore, that He can bring freedom. Lord, use us today, use us all week long. And I pray, God, that you would help us to keep in focus the real meaning of Christmas in our lives. We ask all of this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.